Hi, my name's Loz and this is the documentation, the diarization of how I rebuilt my life post a domestic violence abusive relationship. Today, we're going to be looking into episode five, which is living with kids and coping with the situation. So before we get started, something that I always like to say is, so say it with me, I am so brave, I am so strong and I'm so very loved in this space. Okay, let's get started. Alrighty, let's get into it. So living with kids and coping with the situation, this is my experience and my story. The start of this story is something that hits home and I'm not overly proud of because the grief of separating from my ex-partner, leaving the relationship and then dealing with the tormenting that was coming from him, which is spoken about in previous podcasts, I was not coping well and I was so wrapped up in my way of coping that I was doing the things I needed to do with the kids, like getting them to school and, you know, doing those things. But then my head was a mess and on the weekends I was going out drinking and stuff. So not overly proud of how I handled that first bit. Um, And to be honest, like now for three years down the track, the kids and I have such a good relationship now because they saw me not coping, losing my shit. You know, in that time frame, I became irritable and angry and not easy for them to align to and, you know, which then saw them in tow act out and do things that they were doing. And then they've watched me realise my ways and then go on a healing journey and become this epic fucking human that loves them and has their back and has learnt ways to cope with when I'm tired or worn out and how to handle it. Uh, you know, which is not perfect all the time, trust me. But because they've seen me do that, now they've really, um, they love me. Like one of my friends goes, your kids are like borderline obsessed with you. And I'm like, I know because they've watched me, you know, basically crumble into feet and be a fucking idiot and then go, no, my kids deserve better than this. I deserve better than this. And then reset remove people from our lives that were not good for us and you know really go insular and take time out on my own and you know learn tips to be able to manage my stress so that I could manage them which then ultimately made them more calmer and peaceful and do things like move across the country to give us a better life start again you know be a sole provider and all this kind of stuff. And then because they've watched me go through it and I've been really open and honest with how I've acted throughout the time um, and the things that I've done that I'm not proud of and I answer all their questions, they've really found that they can see I'm doing it for them. So it's made us stronger in the long run. So at the start, when we left, it was fucking horrendous, as you'll probably read in uh, here in other podcast episodes. And basically, you know, like there were, he was showing up at the schools and he was scaring them and all this kind of stuff. So they were not coping at all. You know, I had to have people on watch of them. I had to have, they were seeing counsellors regularly. My son actually got um, suspended from school for hurting someone and my son is the biggest gentlest giant that you'll ever meet and he would never hurt anyone and he was hanging around with a bad crowd and they were getting into trouble and he was following suit and my son's not a follower he's a he's a kid that always does what he like what he sees right and what he intends to do so it was really quite hard uh to watch 
so for the first 12 months, so for the first four months, we lived with my parents, then we got our own little place, and then we lived in our own little place. So let's say 16 months, not 12 months. That was the hardest stage for us. I was uh, effectively in and out of dating a person that was not ideal for me, and we had a bit of a trauma bond, which is also in episode two, so the kids were going through that. They, He had kids that were getting, you know, amalgamated with my kids so they were sharing rooms and stuff it was just horrendous like I'm not proud of it and it was a really hard time for them so basically this is what I like to call we were in survival mode we were doing the daily things to just get through the day our home life was tense we were stressed we were fighting my middle daughter had gained a lot of weight because one of the things that she does when she stresses stress heats so she wasn't coping and was gaining a lot of weight so she felt really insecure about herself so she was always yelling and screaming and oh when I feel back like compared to where we are now it was so fucking terrible and it was so stressful and yeah like it just was not a nice space to be in So on top of all that and what was going on, just us trying to live our day to day, we were in this heavy court process, which saw us having to go to appointments. And, you know, at one step, when they, at the beginning, they um, ordered uh, visits to a childcare centre out of hours. So supervised visits, which none of the kids wanted to go through and see their father. So you know, that we had to do weekly phone calls, which was just a whole ordeal. Like they would scream and they would cry. We'd do the phone call. They'd say, I don't want to talk to you. And they'd hang up. So there was a lot of fucking stress on these kids. Like there was stress on me, but it was a lot of stress on these kids. It was really, really hard on their psyche and they were not coping. They were not the kids that I once knew and loved. My poor littlest one was freak out every time a motorbike would go past. She's such a timid She's not so much anymore, but she was so timid back then and she would shake and she would cry and, you know, they they went into sleeping in my rooms, you know, even just now three years ago when um, I got a text message from my ex-partner saying, oh, how does, you, how does our son like this school? And they found out, he found out where we were. Straight away we went into scarcity, like scared mode, and I had both of them in, like my two girls, in bed with me for the night because they were scared, like it does long-term damage and it's really quite a hard time to navigate. I am going to give some tips at the end of this podcast about what I did and they may help you. So the whole thing was just gross. So we were going through survival mode, going to school, going to events that we needed to go to and then I was going out drinking on the weekend so I was not making things ideal. That continued on for a good 18 months and then I made a decision that none of us were coping so I decided to move interstate at this time I had no approval from the court um but I need to fucking do it I need to make drastic change and I needed to just go under the radar so I deleted all my social medias and just basically disappeared off the face of the earth and for us, I'm not saying this is for everyone because I know I do hear stories, you know, as I was getting my removalist to help me to organise removing, they're like, fuck, we just did this to a lady six weeks ago and she got moved back. But I mean, I made a decision to cut out any fa- any friends, family members that were linked to us in any way, um, just in order to be able to move. And I just had no doubts that it was going to work. So that's what happened. So then when we moved into stay, the girls really 
thrived. They became more comfortable and stuff like that. My poor son didn't. He had by this stage built a really good friendship group uh, where we were living previously. He was playing football and he was doing quite well. And then the move here, even now he hasn't really found his niche group of friends, which has been really fucking hard on him. But emotionally, we're all so much more stable since having made the call to move. And then the good thing was, was that when we moved, like when we first moved, um, we moved to a complex that had lots of other kids and uh, other parents, which meant that if I went out and decided to go out and have some drinks with some friends, the kids had other houses to go to and, you know, stuff like that. Like it was just, it was kind of like a bit of a community, which was really good for when we first moved. However, after about six months of living here, um, I'd had... Uh, I had one good friend that had moved just before me and we had quite a close relationship and we actually ended up having a bit of a falling out and then that made me take a good look at my my self-reflection and go, you know what, I don't like this person that I am. I don't like this person that I've been. I was living very much in my masculine. I'd built up a really hard exterior and basically treated people a little bit like possession not even possessions like they were just a means to an end you know like I had a little core group of friends and if you weren't in that core you just served a purpose for me and I took a look at myself and I went I don't like this about me I'd rather be alone with just the kids and one or two good friends than be like that so I threw myself into a healing journey so what did that look like Uh, Lots of podcasts, lots of walking, lots of insular time by myself, lots of time with the kids and I just threw myself into being the best parent that I could but also fixing myself because in the past I've seen people and they try and be the best parent but then they lose themselves along the track. Like you're still an important part of this role and who you are as a person is really fucking important so we need to make sure that you don't lose you because... We've been so lost for so long being in those relationships. So now it's time to really focus on you as a person because you're fucking incredible and you deserve it. So, um, yeah, I went into a healing journey where I went in listening to podcasts, journaling, breath work, all the things that I now preach. And that is what in the last, well, it's been 18 months now, I suppose, that's got me here today. I hired a coach, like a holistic coach. I, you know, really worked on sitting in my fucking feelings and feeling everything that I felt so I could be the best person that I could be, which alternately led me to be the best mum that I could be. And this is when I really saw a change for me and the kids. So as a parent, obviously I'm not a parental expert or anything like that. I can only speak from my experience. But as a parent and from a child of a dysfunctional family where my mum drank a lot and my dad was old school and didn't believe in talking about feelings or healing or anything like that, I can honestly say that if my family did what I did to become a better person for myself, which then stems down as a parent, then maybe my life would have ended up different. Who knows? But I know that the change in me has impacted impacted my kids twofold, like me being calmer and more loving and nurturing and going into that feminine and getting rid of, you know, balancing out the masculine and the feminine energy and really, really setting a tone to be a calmer person and 
to know what I want and to worship my own self and to have self-love has really changed my children's lives. Um, And I'm so proud of that. So I can highly recommend that when you are ready, you really look into you and you start doing the work on you because that is what's going to propel your relationship with them, but also help heal them in turn. Okay, so the things that helped us as a family were some things you would expect and other things you wouldn't so much. But these are the things that really helped us when we were going through the survival mode and then moving forth to now. So embarking with regular visits with a family doctor. So my family doctor was great. He was the one that helped get me mental health plans for all the kids back at the start. He could we would have um, fortnightly visits for a while there because things were pretty full on and he could really monitor not just me but them. Like we'd go in, I'd get a family visit and he would go through and speak to us all and see us all and then he'd be like, okay, Loz, you know, like I can see um, your son's mental health slipping a little bit. I think we need to step this up and so on and so forth and that's what we would do. Um, But having that relationship with him helped because at a time when I didn't have like a partner or anything like that. It was just good to have someone to bounce off that I could talk to about those kinds of things. So I highly recommend having a family doctor that you can work with. Okay, close contact with the schools. So I know some schools are not helpful and it's hard when you're in court cases, but I highly recommend seeing the school counsellor or the guidance counsellor or whatever your school calls it and having a close relationship with them because I used to have things where like, you know, when my ex would show up at the school, they would call me straight away and we'd, we had plans. We had plans in place. Okay, I was going to pick the kids up from this door at this time. They were going to put the kids in this room so they felt safe, X, Y, Z. Um, so having a close relationship with them meant that I could also go in there and say this is what's happening and then we could tee up in-school counselling and, you know, they knew why they were struggling with their schoolwork and things like that. And then the kids, because I had a close relationship, so did the kids. So then they knew which teachers they could go to and like what our little action plan was for if they weren't feeling safe at school. So having a close relationship with the school was detriment, like um, not detriment, sorry, it was absolutely pinnacle for me in especially in the times when he was showing up a lot and um, it was really nasty. The school really helped me facilitate a healthy relationship for the kids. Okay, kids therapist. So a lot of schools have a therapist on site, but I highly recommend getting one um, outside as well. Like we had a beautiful one and she'd even come to the house, which was great because then she could watch me with the kids and be like, oh, you're doing really well or you need to do this or, you know, maybe they're feeling this way or X, Y, Z. And we actually, you know, I could work with them to get tips and um, tricks and steps and things that I could then work with the kids. Because when you've got kids, they're all different ages, right? So they're handling the situation different. Like my eldest boy would get angry and frustrated and not know how to process his emotions. Then my middle child, she's a reactionary one as well. And then the youngest one would cry, retreat and be scared. So it was like I needed to have different coping mechanisms for them all. And the only way to do that was to work with a therapist and that really helped. Okay. So I highly recommend doing sport for the kids um, for multiple different reasons. I'll explain. So sport for us was great because obviously my son had lost his dad so that he had men around um, him and dads really, really flocked 
to my my boy, which was lovely, and they wanted to help him. They gave him footballs. They taught him how to kick. They did all this kind of stuff. And because they're all volunteers and dads themselves, they can, you know, they've got a heart and they're loving and they want to see them thrive, you know, especially if the kid's willing and receptive to it. So sport. And then, you know, same with the girls too. They ended up going on to play AFL and that was the same thing. There was dads and parents there cheering them along and helping them kick and coming along to training. And, you know, not only did it facilitate male role models in their life, but it also gave them, you know, my daughter can be quite funny. Like we're, she's made a little friend at the moment who's a single parent as well, um, like shared custody with the mum and dad. And when she's at the dad, sometimes she can feel a bit weird staying there because she's not used to having a dad in the house. So it's awkward for her. So having other men around, especially like with sport and things like that, and getting her to trust that what's happened in her life isn't always going to be the case and that there are beautiful people out there. And, you know, it just helped her really facilitate that relationship with other men and feeling safe. And then... So you don't necessarily have to do kids. If you're uh, a sport, if your kids don't like sport, that's fine. I'm sure there's other things like fucking chess club or whatever the fuck you want your kids want to do. But looking for an outlet, one, you know, like I liked it too because then I got to meet other parents and I got along with them and it was nice. Um, yeah, I did get with the footy coach at one stage and I don't recommend that. <laughs> oh, that's podcast two. So if you want to go back and listen to podcast two, that explains that. But yeah, just just having an outlet for them to, you know, like sport. I found sport good because it, there was, I did rugby with uh, AFL at first with my boy and he could tackle people and stuff. So not only was it an outlet for him, but then he could get his anger out on the fucking field, which means that he wasn't bringing it home and doing it to his sisters. And I, he, he and then he met other boys and it was just a really good um, place for them. So I highly recommend sport or an outlet. And then, as I spoke about before, you going on your own healing journey, fucking couldn't recommend this more because, you know, children mimic what the life that they live in, right? Well, I suppose we all kind of do what, you know, if you're in a toxic environment, like at times when I was in my relationship, I was fucking toxic back because that's where my head was. Anyway, you going on your own healing journey because then you can learn tools for yourself to regulate yourself, but you pass them on to the kids. So for me, you know, like things like uh, Bobby from Built With Bobby, who is a holistic coach that I worked with, who's fucking incredible. She taught me how to place my hand on my heart, take a big deep breath and drop into my body and then say to myself, okay, if love's the highest vibration, what is my version of love? And for me, it's acceptance. So if love's the highest vibration, how can I lead with love? And accept that this is what's happening, accept that they're upset, accept that they're not coping. How can I accept it and not take it reactionary towards me? It's got nothing to do with me, their feelings. They, and they don't know that yet. So something that I learned with Bobby was, you know, a bubble of influence and that you're your own person and no one can actually influence your feelings Obviously, if someone's hitting you, that's different. But I mean, with something they say or they do, it's how you react to what they're saying and how you allow what they're saying penetrate your psyche. And she really taught me how to move through this. And then that really helped. So when the kids were fucking wigging out and having a moment where they're like, oh, fuck, you know, we fucking moved and I miss all my fucking friends and rah, rah, rah. It's not about me. This is just how they're feeling, right? 
So learning and healing and making peace and leading with forgiveness instead of anger and all the things that I was taking for granted. When I really knuckled down on these, I became a better human and then I could parent better and then I've watched them evolve and become better humans too. So going on your own healing journey is something that I highly recommend doing. Looking into podcasts that align with your healing journey, even in parenting, even in things dealing with kids with grief or dealing with kids with trauma. I read trauma books and things like that just to help me better understand how they're feeling. So I highly recommend that. Okay, so I'm going to leave you with a little takeaway today. And I've kind of mentioned on it before, but I highly recommend looking into ways to make you lead only with love. So what I mean by that was how I placed my hand on my heart before and dropped into my body and came up with, you know, what is love to me? So to lead with love, you need to understand what love is to you. So sit down and write down what love is to you. Now, love for you has to be something that you can receive and you can give right now in this present moment. So for an example, I was like, love is kind, but then I'm kind, but not all the time do I feel like I get kindness back. So how can you, like, what can you list out that you give and receive so simultaneously at this moment for you to know that you're in your highest vibration of love? So love for me is acceptance. So I will always receive someone accepting me and I will always give acceptance. I'm probably the, one of the most accepting people I know. You know, like people tell me wild fucking stories all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. And they're like, oh, do you not care? And I'm like, why the fuck would I care? <laughs> you go do you. Go to have your best fucking life. Live your life to the absolute max. I'm fucking here for it. So yeah, um, lead with love. So do something for me today and sit down and write out what love means to you. So love could mean lots of things. Like when my coach showed me hers, love was an orgasm for her because she loved giving them and she loved receiving them. But, you know, so write it all out. I tend to always lean on love is acceptance because my whole life I wanted to be accepted and I've always felt a bit different. I think differently. I don't give a shit about a lot of things that I know a lot of other people do and so on and so forth. So Find what love means to you and lead with that. And if you're leading with that, then everything will fall into place, even if it doesn't feel like it now. You are doing a fucking incredible job and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Okay. So that was living with kids and coping with the situation. Kind of a brief overview. I do share lots of stuff about everything on my Instagram and also on my TikTok. So on Instagram, it's at find.my.wild. TikTok, it's the same handle. So jump along and follow those if you wish to. I also am opening the doors to share other people's stories on the podcast. So if that's something that you're interested in, please uh, direct message me on Instagram. Once again, at find.my.wild um, because I, I really believe that sharing is healing, um, not just for us as individuals, but for the whole collective of people that are dealing with things coming from domestic violence and abuse situations and just everything in general. The more stories that we hear and share, the more we can help people deal with what's going on behind their closed doors. So if you'd like to share your story, please hit me up. Also, please 
uh, pop any questions or anything down that you'd like answered, DM me on Instagram again if you've got anything you'd like to speak about, uh, hear about on the podcast, any uh, topics you would like covered. Also, make sure that you leave a review and follow the podcast so it can get momentum, so we can get it out there and help others. Once again, I'm going to leave you with it. Say it with me, team. I'm so brave. I'm so strong. and I'm so very loved in this space. I love you. Find my wild.